This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Happy to be here. And this hour, if you're new to the show, we've got a lot of new listeners on KDON in Las Vegas, KMOX in St. Louis, um, WCCO in Minneapolis, the land of a thousand lakes. This hour is your hour. Are you curious about something? Are you interested in something? Well, you've come to the right place because all you have to do is ask. The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. That's right. This is your hour to ask questions about anything that's on your mind, something you're genuinely curious about. The only thing that we ask is that it be a question, not a lengthy monologue and a and a and a right at the end of it. No. Questions, you know what they are. They're questions. They begin with words like how, what, where, do, does. And we're going to do, uh, we've done this once before, but in order to sweeten the pot a little bit, whoever has the best question this hour, as determined by our staff of uh, Tony Elias and Matt Blaze, we are going to, whoever gets selected as the winner of the best question, we are actually going to let you program an hour of this program at a mutually agreed upon date. You pick the topics, you pick the guests, you pick the sound, you pick the music for one hour of this program. A lot of people would kill to program a uh, radio show like this one for an hour, and this can be yours if you come up with the best question. What, what is the best question? It's kind of like the Supreme Court's definition of pornography. We know it when we see it. So uh, they tend to be interesting. They tend to be thought-provoking. They tend to be questions that people might ask one another. And they tend to be questions that people are genuinely curious about. Let's have at it. 800-848-9222. Let me begin with John listening on AM 910, the superstation in Michigan, in Detroit. Hello, John. Hello, Frank. I want to tell you I really very much enjoy your excellent program. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. I, I, we enjoy being on there in Detroit, and uh, we're appreciative of the station being so welcoming to us. Yes, my question is, what failure in your life taught you the most valuable lesson, Ooh. and what is that lesson? Oh, you know, it is such a good question because I have so many failures, uh, not as many as Lincoln, but uh, so many, and I've tried to learn a great deal from from all of them. I have failures in my uh, personal life with uh, relationships that didn't go the way that I'd hoped, uh, a lot of failures when it comes to my financial life, my professional life. Um, but if I had to pick one, uh, po- political life, don't even get me started. A lot of failures there and a lot of lessons learned. But if I had to pick one, I would say it was, uh, you know, I had graduated college in um, in three years. And I uh, w- was working full time right after I graduated college. And I guess, you know, when you're 20 years old, there's a certain amount of hubris that, go, you know, that comes with being 20. 
but more so when you perceive that you've just got you know the world by the uh, short and curlies, right? Because uh, I thought that I could do anything. I was uh, doing a lot of things on television at the time. I was uh, being celebrated in a lot of different quarters uh, of the world politically. I was uh, doing a lot of different things radio-wise. So I uh, started to go to graduate school, took out a big loan to go to graduate school, and enrolled in graduate school while working full-time. This turned out to be maybe one of the greatest mistakes I've ever made because I had graduate school, which was essentially a full-time job, and then I had a a full-time job as a radio producer, which was more than a full-time job, and I essentially stopped sleeping and was uh, totally unable to either do my job or pay any attention to my studies, and I just had to stop going to graduate school. I just I stopped paying tuition and stopped going to class. And I, um, you know, I guess I am done. I, you know, I never really signed any forms or or did anything. But it was just, I mean, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars that I wasted and had to pay back just because uh, I thought I could do everything all at the same time. So I, the lesson that I learned from that is that n- nobody is superhuman and that you really can't bite off more than you can chew. And uh, that's a lesson that I still have to remind myself a lot of the time because every day I tend to do that. I tend to try to do everything. And I have uh, try not to say no to anybody or anything. But uh, that was very much a cold shower to me that, no, sometimes just because you want to do something and just because you think you can, you probably can, but it doesn't mean you can do everything. So uh, a great question, though. John, thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Anthony calling from Woodbridge. Hey, Anthony. How you doing today, Frank? I uh, I still have a little bit of a frog in my throat, but aside from that, I'm doing it oh, just fine. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Listen, I, I, first I want to say something about about, what, about today's news. Listen, let me tell you something. This is all set up by the Democrats. I'm telling you. Anthony, just, I mean, again, we're going to have a lot of time for comments and commentary. If you have a question, just ask your question. Okay, my question is like this, yeah? If President Trump thinks that the election was rigged in 2020, then why is he running again if he if the election will just be stolen from him again? Why? Yeah, well, look, that's my I, question. I think that's a fair question, um, and that's a question better suited to him than to me. I think um, there's a multitude of reasons. One, I think in some of those states, he believes there's been improvements made to the ballot security operation that will not allow it to uh, happen and uh, not allow the prevalence of mail-in ballots to occur. Two... I think he believes uh, there's a good chance that he'll win by such a wide margin that uh, any sort of, you know, uh, any sort of shenanigans will not necessarily uh, taint the outcome one way or another. Three, he really has no other choice. If you look at what's on at stake for Trump at this moment, he's betting all the marbles, all the chips, because his financial future is at stake. His liberty is at stake. His uh, everything is at stake. His business is at stake. And if he wins, he is he probably gets to stay out of prison. He probably gets to use this to rebuild his company and his financial future. And I think he genuinely does care about the country and is not happy with the direction that Biden is leading it. Also, 
I honestly, I have never been totally convinced that Trump believes the election was stolen. Trump's a smart guy in spite of what people say. And he was told by smart people that he trusted that the election wasn't stolen. And instead, he chose to listen to people that told him what he wanted to hear, which allowed him to go out there and kind of play the martyr routine. And, you know, so I, I don't know, though. It's a question for him. And uh, if he ever comes on this program, I will be happy to ask him about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, 800-848-9222. Neil, what's your question, my friend? Okay, Frank, uh, tonight the president blamed his staff for bringing classified documents and putting it in his garage at his Delaware home. So I was wondering, Frank, over the years, you've had a lot of staff uh, on your radio shows. Has your staff ever done something to put you in a bad light with either the public or with your employer? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing along the lines of... Um... Of uh, of something like that, I'm trying to think. You know, usually it's somebody making honestly an honest mistake that uh, reflects poorly on the radio show. But you know, you have to realize, and thanks, Neil. You have to realize that people are human, right? And people make mistakes. So yeah, I try not to uh, come down too hard on anybody, even if it makes me look bad internally or with the. Uh, or with the public. Um, you know, I'm trying to think specifically. A couple of times, different staff members we've had on the program have said things uh, on the air that they shouldn't have said that got me in trouble. Uh, other times, um, you know, other times they've just made silly technical mistakes. But, look, it's all part of, it's all part of, you know, the only perfect guy was uh, Jesus Christ, right? So the minute I have a perfect show, that's the, the first day that I'm going to give somebody else a hard time for making a mistake. 800-848-9222. Robert is in Suffolk. Hey, Robert. Hi, Frank. Uh, I texted you my question to maybe uh, if you needed to research to prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. What? How many cabinet posts are there and what are the titles? I've got like defense, state, transportation, education, homeland security. There's got to be more. Well, I'm glad you asked the question. I did have to look up the names of all the departments because there are 26. And uh, wow. as far as what all the departments are, it's the Department of State, as you mentioned, Treasury, Defense, Justice, Interior, Agriculture, Commerce, Labor, Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, Energy, Education, Veterans Affairs, Homeland Security, Trade Representative, um, the Director of National Intelligence, which is considered a cabinet-level post, the Director of Office and Management and Budget, which is considered a cabinet-level post, and uh, depending on the presidency, sometimes they consider, um, you know, ambassador to the U.N. Uh, well, actually, no, that's the, that the question there is whether that's an ambassador level post. So, no. So the, the departments are Homeland Security, uh, Veterans Affairs, Education, Energy, Transportation, HUD, HHS, Labor, Commerce, Agriculture, Interior, Justice, Defense, Treasury, and State. All right. I've been uh, writing. <laughs> I well, I mean, I can send you the list, uh, Robert. If you email me, I'll I'll send you the list. You can you can look it up. Eight, and it's grown. Initially, there were only two, right? 800-848-9222 if you have a question. Let me say hello to Connie in New Jersey. Hi, Connie. Hi. How are you doing? Doing just Never mind. <laughs> anyway, my question is, how does 
a senator get in and out of this uh, skiff? Um, you know, it's a good question. I'm not sure that I uh, I'm not sure that I know the answer to that one. Actually, uh, that is that might be a little bit above my pay grade. You're talking about the um, you know the in, the sen- sensitized compartmented uh, information facility. Yes. Yeah, I I don't know actually. It's a great question. And uh, the next time I have somebody that's well-versed in intelligence or has been, uh, you know, part of one of the, uh, you know, the the intelligence committees in either the Senate or the House, I will ask that. I don't know. It's a good question. I will have to research that. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, you stumped me. I wish I had a better answer. 800-848-9222. Steve is in New Jersey. What's your question, Steve? Yeah. Um, didn't Biden... Um, blatantly admit that he lied to the committee when he said, um, yeah, it was none of their damn business. He felt it was none of their damn business. Which committee? The uh, special house. The special, which special house committee? The one that was looking into his uh, papers, the papers. Oh, no, that wasn't a committee. Uh, That was a special prosecutor. Uh, that was, right. yeah, so, um, well, look, I mean, they did find, you know, again, if you read the report, I'm going to get into it a little bit more at the top of uh, next hour. If you read the report, it's, um, you know, I, I don't know, they they said basically that he willfully retained these documents, which he shouldn't have uh, done, but, um, wait, wait. He, sorry? No, I understand that, but he said that um, when, well, they were, he held back that, he really knew when his son passed away, but he didn't feel it was their business, his their damn business. Yeah, I mean, look, I guess that'll be up to the special prosecutor or if so, or somebody else wants to bring uh, perjury charges. It's a, it's a good question, Steve. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think the interesting aspect of that is that there were no charges for the ghostwriter here because the ghostwriter, I don't understand how, you know, the ghostwriter is a private citizen and uh, basically you had the situation where this ghostwriter actually deleted audio um and there was classified information at you know that had evidentiary value the recordings according to the report the recordings that the ghostwriter had of biden had significant evidentiary value and Biden's ghostwriter, after learning that he had deleted, he deleted these audio recordings of his talks with Biden during the writing of the memoir. And after he consented to their search up by the FBI, it looks like he really he withheld these files. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how that's not criminal intent. But uh, again, that's why I'm not a lawyer, I guess. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. David is in Brooklyn. Hi. What's going on, Frankie boy? How are you? I love your show, first of all. Thank you. Really unbelievable show. You always have a nice twist to everything. I appreciate that. I got a. Let me ask you a quick question. First of all, what color is your toothbrush? Blue. Well, it's white and blue. White and blue. I like that. Two neutral colors. And um, do you like slush puppies? I, in my youth, I, I try to avoid sugar whenever possible, but uh, maybe during the summer I would have a slush puppy. Uh, but it's uh, it's rare. It's rare. It's rare. And if you would, what flavors do you like? I like I like the blue raspberry. Oh wow! Matches the toothbrush. Exactly. That's why. That's why I got the blue toothbrush to go with the blue raspberry. It's beautiful. Exactly. And the, last question. Yep. 
What do you think when, when those home warranty companies call you and are calling you off the hook and you're blocking numbers every other day for how the calls and all these and these um, companies that call you for no reason, do you answer them? Do you decline them? Do you give them a funny answer? Like, for example, I have a couple of kids in my family. We send the phone around to every single – we sit around the table. We send the phone around to every kid and make them, like, play with them. Okay, hold on. Here's my dad. We send the phone around until they hang up and they don't call back. You know, I What's used to I used to do that. I, I don't I don't do that anymore. Although there's a couple of companies or there's one company it's called I think it's called Jolly Roger where they use AI-powered robots to answer these calls from telemarketing calls, and and then the telemarketer is stuck on the phone with someone that they think is a person forever. And if you go, uh, you know, again, they're not an advertiser or anything, but if you go to jollyrogertelephone.com, you can listen to some of these conversations that these AI people have with these telemarketers, and it's hysterical. And it's a little bit of way of, um, you know, getting revenge kind of, for what we all go through, maybe later we'll play some. But usually, I just, uh, I just, I just hang up if I answer at hey, all. Frank, Frank, mm-hmm. Frank. Yes. Yeah, I have one more question. Do you think Biden will be the nominee in twenty twenty four? That's a great question. I'm going to answer that at the top of the next hour. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Robert is in Maryland. Hey, Robert. Uh, yes. Uh, good evening. Uh, great show, Frank. Thank you. Uh, if you uh, would you work at 1 a.m. on Super Bowl Monday if Super Bowl Monday was a holiday? Well, considering I worked on the morning of Thanksgiving and the morning of Christmas, I think, you know, my track record of working on holidays is pretty good. So I would say that uh, <laughs> that, that I probably would work, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. Hey, we'll continue with your questions in a moment. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. the hour this is the other side of midnight those are the whispers if uh, you ever want to know what kind of uh, what kind of music we're playing on this show you can join our facebook group just go on facebook and search morano radio fans and haters that's m-o-r-a-n-o radio fans and haters uh meantime we're doing a little ask frank anything 
at 800-848-9222. And whomever comes up with the best question this hour, as determined by our illustrious staff, will get to program an hour of the show. And you also get a pretty handy-dandy magnet. Let me say hello to Joe. What's your question, Joe? Hello, Frank. Hi. When a radio station is syndicated show is picked up by an additional station somewhere in the country. Who receives compensation for that? Well, the truth is every every situation is different, right? Uh, with, uh, with our show, any station is welcome to carry it for free. The only thing they have to do, and I think this is the model that's pretty common these days in most, most syndicated shows, um, the, the thing they have to do is carry our ads, right? So, but they get to carry the programming for free. Sometimes what some syndicated shows will do, especially if they're having a difficult time getting clearances in big cities, is they'll pay. They'll pay, you know, um, I don't want to mention any specific hosts, but there have been some very big syndicated radio show launches of well-known personalities, and they weren't having any interest from uh, big city stations. So what they were doing is paying big money to be carried on a lot of these stations. So sometimes the syndicator pays, um, as sometimes the uh, the you know the station will take it for free. And once in a blue moon, although I think this is increasingly rare these days, but maybe 25 years ago for very hot syndicated shows that were very profitable, Profitable for the local station, sometimes the station itself would pay the syndicator. But so the the truth is, there's no one way to skin a cat. It really is uh, any number any number of ways. And one of the things you also see is a lot of stations uh, are owned by large radio conglomerates, and those radio conglomerates also syndicate shows. For instance, uh, Clear Channel or iHeart, they syndicate a whole bunch of shows. They like all of their talk stations to carry most of to carry all the shows that they have on. So you know, if I'm an iHeart station, I'm going to carry the iHeart programming. They won't give me the freedom to choose to carry Cumulus programming or Red Apple programming or some other network. So uh, sometimes it's because they own the station, and sometimes it's other circumstances. But the truth is, Joe, it's whatever deal that particular show can work out. Good question, though. 800-848-9222. Mike is in New Jersey. Hi, Mike. Morning, Frank. Morning. Uh, thanks for always great radio. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the Super Bowl's over. The Chiefs lost. And um, you're sitting at the bar with Travis Kelsey after he was just dumped by Taylor Swift <laughs> because she can't be with a loser. And he wants to talk on and off the record. What are some of the questions you're going to ask him? Well... I would ask him if the whole relationship with Taylor Swift, if he feels that that has been a benefit to his brand or a detriment. I mean, there are whole swaths of this planet that now know him not as a football player, but as Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And I have to think um, for an athlete, but really for any man, but especially an athlete that's been so accomplished, been to multiple Super Bowls, like Kelsey, that that's got to be somewhat emasculating. And I'm wondering what that um, does to him emotionally. And look, uh, I uh, so that would be kind of the first thing that I would ask him. And 
I would ask him um, kind of if the origins of that relationship, the relationship with Taylor Swift, uh, kind of how did they meet? Did they meet organically? Was this set up by PR people? Were they set up by mutual friends? And what were they hoping to get out of it? Did he always have an interest in her romantically? Or was it uh, something that started out as a friendship that just uh, became something a bit more? So those are a few of the questions I'd ask, uh, Mike. Thank you. 800 848-9222, 800-848-9222. 848-9222, Ray is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hey, Ray. Frank, of the five major crime families, if you had the opportunity to, to head one of them, which one would it be, and in what era would, would you like to uh, run it? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I, there's a lot of other professions that I would like uh, before that. I guess I'm going with uh, the Genovese family because uh, the Genovese family, at least until recently, unlike uh, unlike the Bonattos, unlike the Columbos, unlike the Lucchese's, unlike the Gambinos, the Genovese family never really had a significant rat problem. And I think that's an indication. One, obviously, it makes it less likely that you're going to end up going to prison. Uh, but it's also an indication that that's a well-run crime family. Whereas, first of all, the Columbos perpetually in these civil wars with one another, that's an indication of all sorts of dysfunction. And, you know, depending on the era that we're talking about the Columbos, you might end up dead. Who wants that? Um, All the other crime families have these rat problems, which lead to folks going to prison and I think is an indication of a a serious organizational problem and a serious morale problem. So as far as the era, I'm going to go... Pre-1980, I'm going to go between 1970 and 1980 because there was still enough money to be made in the 1970s, uh, and it was before the RICO prosecution was uh, was widely used. A fine question. 800-848-9222. will wait, actually, Jay is in Cincinnati. Hey, Jay. Hey, Frank. I envy you living on the East Coast. You're surrounded by water. Have you ever been bitten by the sailing bug or the powerboating bug? Uh, I've never been powerboating. I I like to sail, but I wouldn't call myself a sailor. I enjoy going on other people's boats. I enjoy the water. I enjoy fishing. I enjoy crabbing. I think that's all a lot of fun. I I like the water, uh, especially the the ocean uh, and the beach. But I would I don't like it so much that I would ever invest in getting a a boat myself. But I, I like sailing. I think it's a lot of fun. I've never tried power boating. I'd certainly love to try it. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Al is in New York City. Hello, Al. Hey, Frank. My favorite uh, segment after Dr. Sky. Excellent. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Great, 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 great show. Listen, uh, I have a quick question and then uh, a little a little uh, question about careers and everything. First question is if Curtis, he's starting to read, uh, you know, uh, he's starting to patrol now and everything. What if he asked you to go for a ride along, but you had to wear a red beret, uh, you, Sid, and uh, Dominic, would you do that? Well, first of all, I think Sid has actually worn the red beret from time to time when he's been out on patrol with Curtis. Uh, second, 
in my case, you know, I, I, Curtis has always been very big in saying that you have to earn your Red Beret in spite of that uh, sit example that I just gave. So I don't think he just gives them out. But he, but if he wanted me to, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I would almost always do whatever Curtis asked. I, I, uh, okay. I, I don't know that there's many requests that Curtis has made of me that I have not uh, that I have not adhered to. Yeah, the question with the career is, when did you know, it's actually a three-parter, when did you know that you had finally, you know what, this thing may fly with your career and with meeting Rachel and with having Carmine? When did you, you get that magic eureka moment where you said, like, man, this is what it's all about and it's worth it? And you know what I'm trying to say? If you could, I mean, it's hard to expound on that. And I appreciate that. Well, so are you are you talking about three separate moments in each of those? Yeah, so three moments was the high art, uh, highlights of your life, you know, the uh, apex of your uh, career and your personal life. So when you really realize, hey, you know, this radio gig, it may actually fly. And two, when you will go with Rachel, you, you know, you're going on the dates and all of a sudden there'll be a date where you realize, you know what? She may be the one. And then with Carmine, was that one magic moment where whatever it may be, whether it's at birth or you're playing with him in the, in the playground, you say, you know what? It's, it's amazing. The whole thing, this is why I was here to do, you know? To yeah. Okay. Father. So let me, let me do my best to answer all three of those. As far as, um, as, far as uh, pursuing talk radio as a career, uh, twofold answer. One, um, many years ago, uh, I would say around 1989, 1990, thereabouts, I was listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, maybe 91, right around there, give commentary on, um, you know, I'd always heard, I always carried a radio with me, and um, I'd always heard about this guy, Rush Limbaugh, but I'd never listened to him, so I figured, you know, I always had a radio on me to listen to baseball. So I said, let me tune into this guy uh, to see what, you know, what the fuss is about. And, you know, honestly, when I first tuned in, I thought the show was just pretty much your pretty standard boring news show. And then he blew my mind when he was talking about the G7 summit in Humpsback, Nova Scotia. When he said that, a a light went off in my brain because it never occurred to me that you could be talking about something serious and intentionally mispronounce the name of a community for comedic effect. And that was the first time that I ever thought, oh, maybe this is something that I'd want to pursue as a career. And then when I was... Uh, you know, I was an intern uh, for a radio show, the uh, Curtis and Kuby radio show, and, you know, uh, I, I had a very good relationship with both Curtis Lewa and Ron Kuby, and, you know, both of them were impressed with different things that I did w while working on the show and uh, interning there. And so both of them would try to offer whatever guidance they could and whatever I wanted to do. So Kuby asked me, what is it that you want to do? And I said, you know, honestly, I'd like to be a radio talk show host. And Kuby said... Well, I don't think that's uh, something you should aspire to. I think that's something that may or may not happen, but it's so rare that it's really not a career that you can plan for. And then I spoke with Curtis uh, a day or two later privately, and I told him what Kubi said, and Curtis said, absolutely not. That is not at all the case. It's absolutely something that you should aspire to. So uh, when he said that, and also um, Brian Whitman uh, and Jay Diamond were also very encouraging about being able to pursue this as a career when I was maybe 18 or 19. So right around then 
when you had three people that I really respected, um, you know, Jay Diamond, uh, Brian Whitman, and Curtis, all encouraging me to pursue this as a career, that's kind of when uh, I viewed this as something that was viable. As far as Rachel, you know, so Rachel was uh, involved in another relationship before me. Uh, you know, I'll spare you the the details. Uh, but you know, uh, we you know we started dating, and she broke up with me. And then, you know, went back to the other guy that she was with. And, you know, I kind of went on with my life. And, you know, my modus operandi before that had always been, okay, you know, if a girl leaves you, there's always going to be another one around the corner. But Rachel came back to me and uh, basically, you know, wanted to go out with me again. I started going out with her again, and she dumped me again. And then um, the third time, you know, that uh, after she dumped me twice, we started going out a third iteration. And I said, you know, this is really something that I would never, ever tolerate. There's got to be something special about this girl that I'm going to put up with being with putting my entire romantic life on hold twice. And um, it turns out there was something special about her. And I I felt uh, an instant uh, kinship with her and an instant rapport. And uh, it's something more uh, that I don't know that I could explain intellectually. It's more of an emotional thing. And as far as Carmine goes, uh, yeah, from the minute he was born, I felt uh, the strongest connection that I've ever felt with uh, another human being. Uh, Not really anything other than, uh, than, than that. From the minute I heard him cry... I, um, you know, I'm very, very proud to have him as my son. All right. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your questions straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. Bring it. Seventeen minutes until the top of the hour. This is uh, Will Smith, who I learned from Jay Z at the Grammys. Boycotted the Grammys thirty years ago because I'm not sure why. Uh, but um, I guess they weren't nominated, or I don't know what the situation was. But then, according to Jay Z, they went and watched the. Grammy Awards in a hotel room somewhere, which is not usually the best indication of a boycott, but whatever. It is what it is. All right. 800-848-9222. We are doing... The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank... Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Anderson is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hello, Anderson. How you doing, Frank? How you doing? I got a question. This is a tough one. You sure. got it? I'm ready. Hello? Okay. Number one, what's your religion? I'm, uh, well, I, I was raised Catholic, but these days I consider myself more of an Episcopalian. Oh, you know, you, you, okay, that's a good one. Also, what's your best place to honeymoon? What, my best place to honeymoon? 
Yeah. Well, I've only been on one honeymoon. We went to Aruba, which was delightful. Oh, wow. And also, what's your favorite borough of New York City? <laughs> no contest. It's uh, it's the one that's smallest in population, but largest in spirit. Oh, it's the reddest one. Yeah. And also, what's your favorite state? Uh, the Empire State, New York, no doubt about it. 800-848-9222. Uh, George is calling from the Empire State. Hey, George. Hi there. Uh, yeah, uh, re- uh, I have two qu- quick questions. Uh, one is, uh, are you going to start a new segment with the Carmine Chronicles? <laughs> That's very interesting indeed. I'm sure uh, listeners would be very interesting as he's growing up, you know, over the uh, days and the weeks and months and years. All right, 15 seconds for fame, excellent. Ask Frank anything, excellent. Guests who are uh, unbiased, excellent. You have the uh, the top four best segments on the planet. You know, as far as I'm uh, concerned, listening to radio uh, shows. Now, Thank you, George. The question, lost stuff. Has it happened to you like it happened to me a couple of days ago? Uh, you lose something like leaving your keys on your door, right out the uh, external uh, part of your door. And then next thing, within an hour, realizing, my goodness, I've, where are the keys? I, you look all over the place. You don't find it. It's gone. And then... It costs you hundreds of dollars, right? Because the keys, uh, you know, apply to so many different aspects. Uh, post office, uh, box, and your car. Uh, George, uh, I'm a little, et cetera. I'm a little Has lost. Has it happened to you what, or I'm, your wife, uh, uh, Rachel, wait, uh, recently? George, George. How much uh, pain has it caused you? Wait, so about losing something? Losing your keys, uh, oh, and something, but I'm referring to keys that have happened to me okay. a couple of days yeah. ago, and it's created hell on so, earth to me. Um, it's, been a, it's been a couple of years, George, thank you. I've lost keys multiple times, right? And these keys now, they're, they're key fobs, and it costs you uh, at least twice I've had to pay $150 to get a new key fob. And it is a real pain. So that's the... You know, I, I think that's most in line with what you're talking about. Yeah. The last time was about uh, three years ago. The time before that was maybe about six or seven years ago. So, yes, I've lost keys uh, multiple times. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Charlie is in Hell's Kitchen. What's your question, Charlie? My question is, uh, give, do you, given the migrants the most recent, you know, beating of the police and the, and the video that went out. Do you think with these migrants in New York City that uh, Mayor Adams is welcome to the, here and now he regrets it, do you think one of these migrants is going to commit a really serious, terrible crime? You think it's just a matter of time before someone, uh, one of these migrants like kills or murders or, you know, or sexually assaults a child or something like that. Well, first of all, I, I don't know what you'd call an assault on a police officer if not a serious crime. I think it's certainly yeah, a serious yeah, crime. It's very serious. Yes. But so I, think, I, was... I think there have also been instances of sexual assault as well. So I, I don't think the question is uh, prospective. I think it's already happened, uh, Charlie. I, I think, yeah, uh, these folks have committed very serious, very serious crimes. Not to say, you know, that's the bulk of them or even 
uh, a significant majority. But yeah, I, I think there have been serious crimes committed already by these folks. Absolutely. 800-848-9222. Roger is in Maryland. Hi, Roger. Hello there, Frank. Uh, this is going to be the best question of the hour without having 27 freaking multiple parts. Okay, let's see. Isn't, isn't the New York City budget certified annually by an independent audit firm? Well, I don't know that it's uh, certified. It's looked at by um, the independent budget office, which is genuinely nonpartisan, and it's looked at by the New York City Controller's Office. So those are the two entities that are responsible for auditing it. Uh, Unfortunately, in the case of the New York City Controller, that is a political position, and I think a lot of the reports that have been done, not just by the current controller, but by the last two have been uh, blatantly driven by politics and how it can benefit the person that holds that office. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Brandon in New Jersey, what's your question? Uh, if uh, Frank Morano was going to host the beauty pageant, what would he call it? Uh, what would be the three contests and three celebrity guest judges? Oh, Ah, see, I wish th- that I had some time to think about this. Um, uh, what would it be called? I'm going to say, um, let's see. Um, ugh. I'm going to say the. I'm going to say the Miss Midnight competition, right? I think that's good, Miss Midnight competition. And would you give it? Were you giving me three three contests? You give yes, me- yeah, three okay. contests. Um, so I'm going to say. Best impersonations, because I don't think there's currently a good beauty pageant that uh, includes really stellar impersonations. Uh, that's um, that's that's number one. Number two, um, one of the contests is, I'm going to have to put in, you know, a lot of these have evening wear. A lot of these uh, pageants have a swimsuit competition. I think one of the sexiest thing a, a women a woman can wear is boots. And I don't know that there's any beauty pageant that really makes use of how good so many women look in boots. So I would have a a boots competition or a boots round similar to evening wear or swimsuits. And as far as the third, I'm going to say, um, oh, that's easy. Trivia, general knowledge trivia, which I think is heretofore unrepresented in the uh, beauty pageant sphere. If I'm picking uh, three celebrity judges, obviously, I'm picking my man, William Shatner. I'm picking uh, Seth MacFarlane. And I'm picking as my third, um, let me pick somebody that compliments the other two. Um, uh, I'd like to get a female uh, female judge in there. But let me me see. Maybe... um, Carol Walt. I'll make Carol Walt the third. I think she'd be a good balance to those uh, to those two. Great question, though, Brandon. Thank you. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Tim calling from the land of a thousand lakes, listening on WCCO. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Frank. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for calling. I just had a question for you. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that Minnesota has one of the best state fairs out there. I was just wondering if you've ever been to it. I have not been. I have heard a great deal about it, and I would like to go. When is the Minnesota State Fair, Tim? It's in the spring? 
No, it's in the fall. Oh, wait, it uh, is generally in the fall. August. Yeah, generally August thirtieth through uh, you know September ninth or tenth. It's a ten day run. Uh, the dates vary a little bit. Do you go regularly? Oh yeah, yeah, is, we do. What's the best thing, or if not the best thing, the weirdest thing you've ever eaten at the Minnesota State Fair? Uh, the weirdest thing would probably be uh, pickled shrimp. Yeah, on a stick because everything is on a stick i know (laughs) pickled shrimp on a uh, stick wow yeah that was that was different um we had we tried octopus on a stick i mean as far as food goes you name it it's probably out there so i would like to go um and it's in saint paul right it is it is um they actually have their their own police force for the fair um that's been a long standing tradition but it is technically St Paul yeah, yeah right well, in between it's right along the river my uh, my friend Jennifer lives uh, over there so maybe i can do a twofer in the fall if uh, she's still living out there by then see the state fair and maybe go visit Jennifer Tim thanks for the call and the suggestion 800-848-9222 Gary is in New York hey Gary hey how are you Frank i got two questions First of all, I want to know what car you drive. Second of all, I want to know who's the coolest person you ever met in your life. Um, you know, in terms of a car, I share a car with my wife. It's a, an SUV. I believe it's a Hyundai Tucson. But I'm not a car guy. I know so little about cars. It doesn't play. It doesn't, doesn't factor much in my life. Coolest person I've ever met in my life. You know who was pretty cool? Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer was, uh, was pretty cool. And uh, so was John Travolta. That might be one and two. I'm not sure who's one and who's two. But in terms of people that you don't necessarily know who I found just incredibly charismatic and enthralling, um, Solomon King. Solomon King was a musician who had this hit called She Wears My Ring. He He's a larger-than-life character, and I was spent six or seven days with him that I'll never forget. He my, is right up there. So it's Travolta, Kelsey Grammer, Solomon King, right around there. 800-848-9222. Um, Gary is in Inwood. Hey, Gary. Good morning, Frank. Uh, as far as quality tone, who's the best singer that you've ever heard? Quality tone, you said? Tone, uh, volume, octave, uh, multifaceted as far as uh, talents. Male or female? Male. I should have said that. Uh, You know, living or of all time? Uh, Could be. We can go both ways. I think the best living male vocalist... might be, and there's a lot of great ones. Uh, Tom, um, you know, Johnny Mathis comes to mind because of that incredible range that he's got. I think the best living male vocalist might be George Ezra. I think he's incredible, and uh, I don't know that he has any version of a song that he sung that hasn't moved me. And if we're going all time, I don't know that it's possible to do more with a song than Frank Sinatra does. So if we're going all time, I'm saying Frank Sinatra. 800-848-9222. Bob is in Manorville. Hey, Bob. Hi, Frank. Um, just wanted to ask you, I, I know you're happily married and you have a, a lovely wife. Um, but, like, after your son was born, um, did you feel a little differently, like, about your wife or, like, look at her a little differently, like like she's not your girlfriend anymore and she's more, you know, like your son's mother and... um 
And uh, did you were you like distant at all for a short period of time, and then we got maybe got closer together as you know, as your son got a little older. Or, um, I'm just curious what your uh, no. I mean, in my case, you know, you know I'm and I'm uh, in my case, uh, just the opposite. You know, it was not distant at all. In fact, I, you know, I was so grateful uh, to my wife for giving me such a wonderful son that I, I think for the first three or four months of uh, of his life, whenever we would go to bed together, um, which is rare because we work odd hours, I would always thank her for uh, giving me such a, a wonderful son. So honestly, I, um, you know, I, I even when she drives me crazy with whatever, I kind of just always let it go uh, because I'm always just so appreciative of the fact that she has uh, just given me this incredible gift. So um, it's made me much more grateful to her in the short term and, and the long term. 800-848-9222. Nate is in New Jersey. Hey, Nate. Hey, Frank. How are you? Um, my question for you is, if you I give you a million-dollar check right now and you have 24 hours to spend it, you can't buy, like, a house or a car, um, what would it be? Uh, can I do charitable contributions? Yeah, you could. So I would. Uh, I, there's a lot of charities that I'm uh, interested in supporting. I would. I would probably donate about three or four hundred thousand. Um, you know, to various charities. I would spend um, maybe another fifty to sixty thousand on uh, political causes that I like. I would throw an incredible um, party, inviting all of my friends and family members. Open bar great food all over the place and get people rooms at a uh, nice hotel either in Atlantic City or Vegas. I'll budget $75,000 for that. And then uh, for the rest, I um, is it like a Brewster's Millions kind of thing where I have to have no tangible assets or can I buy things that I would keep? No, you can buy whatever you want. Okay, so uh, I could probably use a new television set, and uh, I would buy, um, you know, there's some radio equipment that I could use, and I would, uh, you know, probably spend a lot of it on different audio equipment and and things of that nature. Probably buy some nice gifts for my my wife too, uh, some some jewelry and things like that, and um, maybe buy a nice trip for my mom because she likes to travel. All right. Uh, gentlemen, do you have a selection on best question? Mike in New Jersey about your interview with Travis Kelsey. Mike in New Jersey, you have my email. Email me and we will correspond about setting up a day for you to program an hour of this program. Until then, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.